Welcome to Crosstown Cardboard, a sports card podcast with two collectors from opposite sides of New York City. Craig and Carmine share sports card stories from the perspective of a teacher and broadcaster. This is Crosstown Cardboard. Welcome to Crosstown Cardboard, Episode 8, with me, Carmine at Carmine's Cards, the sports and news broadcaster, and my great friend from across town, across New York City, that's Craig, the math teacher at a sports and business school in New York City, in the heart of the city. And today's a special day, Craig, because we're recording this on the day Los Estados Unidos, the United States of America, has advanced past the group stage using a one nothing win over Iran, a draw against England, a draw against Wales, and now we play the Netherlands on Saturday, 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Pacific. Let me open the floor to you with your brand new Pulisic background. He scored the only goal for the U.S. today, instantly becoming even more of a legend than he already was. If you're watching on the Crosstown Cardboard YouTube, what's your reaction to the U.S. soccer team advancing? Uh, first of all, good evening. You referred to me as your great friend, and in previous episodes, you referred to me as your good friend. So I'm glad I've upgraded, first and foremost. Yes. But today was an unbelievable day. I, In my lifetime, I don't remember being this jazzed up for a, a sporting event, not only leading up to it, but also having that success. You know, I'm a, a Mets fan and a Knicks fan, so like we're used to disappointment, but things went according to plan today. So the U.S. men's national team is on to the knockout rounds. It kind of feels like, even though I'd love to see us make a deep run, it feels like we're playing with house money at this point. And to mm -hmm. see so much media and the country get behind this team, it's been so exciting. And obviously, I have an extra rooted interest being a U.S. men's national team card collector. And at no point during this was like, yes, what a great opportunity to sell my cards. It was like, no, <laughs> I love my collection even more than I already did. And this is just like, a step in the journey of me collecting them and Christian Pulisic, you know, that's the, our biggest household name. If you're in the hobby, you've heard Pulisic, his cards um, are, are plentiful. You hear about him being the LeBron James of soccer and look, he's, he's the, 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 the franchise player, if you will, he's who everyone knows. And he came up in the biggest moment when it, when he needed it most, he's a Pulisic is a big game player. If you missed the goal, it came in from an incredible ball from Wes McKinney, who sent it across to Serginio Dest, who headed it back to Pulisic. And he's running full speed, and he laid his body out on the line, had to leave the game early. He went, he got hospitalized, but he laid it out for yeah. his team. He represented the country incredibly well, and we're not done yet. So let's go USA, let's go Pulisic, and let's keep it going. Let's go. And I'm not even a big soccer fan, but the patriotism I felt during this game, you know, of like – I don't know if it's because we're underdogs like USA basketball. You expect them to win women's basketball. You expect them to win. Even the USA women's soccer team, you expect them to win. This team is a rare United States underdog, and it's just so much fun to get behind them. And knowing you, how much you know you care about soccer, being a soccer coach, and just rallying your kids around the soccer team, the card club, and just the sport has been awesome. And you actually – have a couple pickups related to soccer coming from the Terrytown card show this past weekend. Yeah. So here's a, here's a great overall hobby story for you. I went to Alex's MVP, which is a card store. It's about a 12 minute walk from me. 
three weeks back, and I noticed this uh, Tim Weah, who scored our first goal in the World Cup against Wales, printing plate from the new National Treasures. And I didn't get it at the time. I didn't. I don't know why. I'm just like, oh, that's cool. And fast forward, I went to the Terrytown show this Saturday. I'm getting back to Alex's MVP. I'll, I'll make that connection in a second. But this Saturday, okay. I went to the Terrytown card show. Um, it took me – I took the subway to get to Grand Central. From Grand Central, I took the Metro North up to Terrytown. Got to Terrytown, took an Uber to the show. About 90 minutes, three modes of transportation, and I had a great time at the show. But I only got one pickup, which I'll get to later. But coming back from the show, it was the same thing back. Uber, train, subway. And I'm like, you know what? I only got one pickup. Let me go to Alex's MVP. You know, I got back at 2 o'clock. I needed to get my fix again. So I went on a run. Took me five minutes to jog there. The Tim Weah printing plate was still there. Now, this one is extra special, if you could see it, because he scored our first goal at the World Cup. Now, this is from the New National Treasures printing plate, which I'm not usually a huge fan of, but this is the true one of one. Nice. So I, so I went on my run. I had a $100 bill on me. I paid 80 bucks cash for this. I said, hold this. I'm going to go finish my run. So I came back around 25 minutes later with the card already paid for, and I picked up the, the Tim Weah printing plate. And on my way home, I'm walking, and someone on the corner honks at me. I couldn't see who it was, so I go up to the window. Randomly, I'm walking on 84th in York. It's my buddy Al, who is NYC Hoops Collector on Instagram, also Level Up Cards on Instagram, also the guy, my friend, who drove me to National. Wow. What a crazy crosstown cardboard connection. That's what I'm saying. I, I went from a card show to a card shop, walking home, and randomly, he doesn't even live in New York City. He was there with his family for the day. Just a good friend of mine, Al. Um, we happened to cross paths at the same time as I'm holding this Tim Way a printing plate in my hands. And yeah, there's a card hobby story for you. That's awesome. And that ties into... Our theme, which we were so excited, Craig, about the U.S. men's national team win. Hmm. I didn't even tease our theme, which is bad broadcasting by me. But our theme today for episode eight is being comfortable with your collecting. Not just with your collection, but with how you're going about your collecting process, what cards you're looking for, what you're buying, what you're selling, whether you're going to a card shop after your card show. And before I get into some of my pickups and one way that I've tried to be more comfortable with my collection during a little bit of an uneasy time in the hobby, I want to get your read on what was the vibe at the Terrytown card show. And I know you had one other pickup from the show. The show was packed. No, I didn't realize the doors opened at 10. I ended up getting there around 940 and they were strict. 10 o'clock a.m. start time, not a second earlier, but it was a huge line to get in. So already off the bat, uh, a great sign. But the show was packed. 150 tables. Like decent amount, decent sized room. Um, every single aisle by 11, 11.30, completely packed. Deals were being made. People had their Zion boxes. I saw a variety of cards. I saw John from Behind the Diamond at his setup as always. Our good buddy Ken, Sports Card Lessons. He was set up. I love Ken. Ken, yes. is, Ken is just good energy. Yes. He's, he's good to the people out there, as is John. They're both great um, great influences on the hobby. But people wheeling and dealing, doing their thing. Um, I saw a good mix of – I saw a lot of vintage, but people were into that, like buying raw vintage and then grading. Plenty of the football, basketball stuff you see. 
enough soccer for me. I saw a good variety, but there was a lot of energy in the room. I, I, I couldn't say a bad thing about it. Um, dealers were nice. Everyone seemed to be happy. So I was there from about 10 to 1230. Hobby looked alive and well. Ken seemed to have a great day. So all was good with the Terrytown show. That's great to hear. That's great to hear. And you got a card from somebody who's not involved in this year's World Cup. That is true. And actually, the card that I got was from Chuck, who I think is CMB cards on Instagram. And you may know Chuck from, did you see the, the King of the Cards $1 trade-up challenge? No, I've heard of trade-up challenges. I haven't seen that one in particular. So like King of the Cards is um, who kind of started this thing. And there's someone in his videos, Chuck, who he often makes deals with. Chuck is a guy that used to set up at these same shows when I was like 12, 13. And he's still doing it to this day. And I love wow. telling him that every every time I see him. But yeah, so <laughs> right. what, I'm like, hey, Chuck, remember me when I was 12 and 13? Well, yeah, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to ask you the same thing next time. That's how it goes. <laughs> right. But, you know, I was there for two and a half hours. I bought three cards, a gift for you, a gift for the people's mailman, which I still have to mail out to him. Cousin and, Oz. Cousin Oz. Shout out to shout out to Cousins Collectibles. They sh- and, they've been shouting you out all World Cup, too. Every time I, I tune in. I know. I avoid. Our boy uh, Craig over at New York City Sports Cards. I know he's tuned in. They're 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 big supporters. They show a lot of love. They do. It always feels good to get a shout out, and I'm glad I'm glad they're thinking of me when it comes to soccer. But I got one card, and that's kind of what made me think of this idea for the show today: is being comfortable or being secure in kind of your method, what you like. Here's the one card I got. It is a Erling Holland, 2021-22 finest black refractor which I normally associate with like a low numbered card, but it's actually only numbered out of 199. So it's not too, too limited, but it is a pop two. And, you know, when we go back to our episode, um, the Mount Rushmore of things we look for in a card, I wasn't even thinking about this at the time, but this one checked all the boxes for me. You know, it has that X factor. I saw it. I'm like, yeah, this, I I need this. Even though it it was $120 is what I paid. I think it looks amazing because it's Erling Holland. I realized that, I didn't even mention what this was. Um, the Erling Holland in a PSA 10 black refractor in his Dortmund kit. So I think the yellow black looks so good with the black refractor. Yeah, yeah he's a player. He's a player I really like. It's something you really don't see a lot. And, you know, I realized that even though I spent all that time at the show, I had a great time. I saw a lot of really cool things. And I only picked up one thing because it's one of the few things for me that I feel like checked all the boxes of what I'm looking for. You know, being within your budget is also part of it. So, you know, I left the show with one card, but I thought that's okay because the one card that I left with, I know, is exactly the type of thing that I like. And I'm not going to leave that show buying a bunch of cards that doesn't really suit my collecting needs. Exactly. And I think that's perfect moving into a way to be more comfortable with your collecting is be picky. There's nothing yeah. wrong with being picky. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, if you only like certain things, then don't buy something you kind of like just because it's there and then you feel bad about it later. And that's not a way to feel comfortable. That's a way to feel even more uneasy in a card market. That's already uneasy. So you definitely don't want to do that. So that moves into these pickups I got, which make me feel more comfortable with my collection. I was so excited to get these cards, Craig from Estonia. Now let me tell you, I don't know what the mail system is like in Estonia. It took like three weeks to a month to get these cards. And I've just been waiting every single day. Going out, checking the mailbox, nothing. 
going out, <laughs> checking the mailbox, nothing. You have you had the tracking number, I, I assumed. I had the tracking number, but it's weird to track something from Estonia. Like it's kind of hard to figure out exactly where it is. Like you can tell where it left the country, but it's kind of hard to track it down. So I, I, knew it. It I, got a I got a card coming in from Canada and it's just been in customs for a week. So Estonia, I can't yeah. even imagine. Yeah. So my buddy Arnold over at TLR underscore cards. We've done a few deals. Let hey, me show Arnold. you what I got. Our boy, our Zinger. Knicks. Ooh, just had a career high yesterday. Really? What did he score? 41. And he's got a, a go a full like goatee now. Never, never uh Porzingis never struck me as a goatee guy. No. That's I like but that. He, rookie revolution on card. Yes, on card auto rookie revolution of the zinger. Not a very expensive card, but pretty cool. Rookie autos, especially on card, I always like. And these were the ones I was really excited about. First year kabooms. Chris Paul. First year kaboom innovation. Yes, you know your stuff. We, we know 2013, stuff. 13, 14. First year kaboom Panini innovation. They got the cartoon. They really cartooned it up, which I like for this year. His Lob City brother, Blake Griffin. Sweet. Same thing. And then you're going to like how this comes together here. JJ Reddick. No, no, Ooh. not JJ Reddick. We're going to get to JJ. This is both guys. Blake in Griffin, a flawless patch, game used, Blake Griffin and Chris Paul, dual patch with some of the lettering, numbered one out of ten. And Sweet. I really suggest watching on our YouTube because we show off quite a few cards. But yeah, I really, so I really like cool. those early those early kabooms are sweet. Those were they were tough to pull. Yeah, and these are in good shape too. So I kind of got the Lob City trio, which you can see on my Instagram at Carmine's Cards. I kind of put them together. And I love when cards can tell a story together. So that made me feel comfortable with my collection, going back to our theme, which is like those first-year kabooms, which I really like almost any player. And then the flawless dual patch, super cool, with parts of the lettering and number one out of ten. Like This is a card that I feel comfortable holding, and it reminds me of that duo. You know, we mentioned – that Lob City. And we mentioned like how I've been into duels lately with, uh, you know, Kevin Garnett and Dennis Rodman over my shoulder here. And just that feeling you get when you see two guys paired together who are such forces either in their own right, they share a certain trait, they were on the same team, they remind you of a great moment or great plays. So that kind of helped me go back to a comfortability with my collection with those being rare and just cool, like right up my alley, like you mentioned. Super cool, and then the flawless jumbo chunky patches are always a hit. And it's a that's an important. If you're a basketball fan, the Lob City Clippers are a pretty significant part of NBA history. I would say, always yeah, they'll always cool. be one of those almost had it, should have won a championship teams. Almost I enjoy hearing. It. I enjoy so hearing cool. uh, Matt Barnes and my good friend JJ Redick uh, talking about their time with the Lob City Clippers. Yes, yes, and we'll get into. Uh... JJ Reddick too, because that's another thing that helped me feel comfortable with my collecting. If you want me to talk about your good friend, JJ, and then how you got to be, we'll say good friends. I mean, me and you are great friends, which we established at the start of this podcast. I think we should just like, since JJ Reddick comes up enough in conversation, maybe just continue to say my good friend, JJ Reddick. And like one day we'll tell the story. 
Oh, we're not going to tell a story. Right, we'll, we'll save it for another pod. Okay. Well, my JJ Reddick PC is going to continue going. So we okay. won't have to tell that exact story about your fun conversation you had with him, which I'll tease now, but not tell the whole story. <laughs> but so I, I started a, a PC of JJ Reddick because I love the old man and the three podcast. He has 686,000 subscribers on YouTube. Only a few more than Crosstown Cardboard. <laughs> and, and, and so I just thought his playing career was unbelievable. First of all, you know, Naismith Award winner, Wooden Award winner, uh, four-time All-ACC, incredible, you know, making it to the Final Four. He averaged 26.8 points per game as a Duke senior. One of the few four-year superstars we'll see, like, ever again in college hoops. And then he made a 15-year career for himself in the NBA, shooting 41.5% from three, averaging 13 points a game for his 15 years. Uh, You know, he scored more than 15 a game in seven seasons out of those. So I love his perseverance and his vulnerability about his mental health struggles. I was was going to bring that up. He he, he speaks about that a lot. It's really, it's really like opens the door to average people who are hoops fans bringing them into the mental health circle and saying, if this guy who was a Duke superstar and a 15 year NBA pro can struggle with mental health, you can too. And it's great to get some assistance with that. Mm-hmm. It's not a weakness. So I love his ability to go to hear, you want to hear a fun fact. Yeah, go ahead. You, you speak about your therapist. I used betterhelp.com for a while and guess whose promo code I used. JJ. JJ from the old man in the three pod. That's great. This is the connections between the cards and life. It's you all love it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's, it's one of the many great things that we love about the hobby. So not just his playing career, his ability to communicate, you know, those mental health challenges, his combination of the rapport he has and the relationships that he's built up with these players who he interviews on the old man in the three podcast. He had Steph Curry last week. He had Steph Curry and he's That's had incredible. DeMar DeRozan and Jose Alvarado, Bones Highland, you know, guys who you wouldn't expect to be interviewed either who come on because they have a cool thing about them or they have an awesome story or, you know, and it could be like JJ raised in a certain background. And then you have like Bones Highland, like from the inner city, tough upbringing and the way he's able to get along with these guys and get these stories out with his communication ability and his ability to relate to them by playing is just so awesome. So that combination of that being one of my favorite podcasts and his unbelievable playing career, I saw, you know, and his affordability, like you mentioned, one of those great topics too. I said, why don't I start a side PC inspired by our boy, Rob at sports card therapist, you know, in this tumultuous market time, start a side PC and use the advantage of these cheaper prices to collect somebody who you really like. And so I picked this one up for my JJ Reddick new PC. Threads, tops, triple threads, uh, auto, JJ Reddick, when he first came onto the Magic, I think this is his rookie year, numbered one out of three with some cool patches. Real chunky patches. So that was... uh, Triple, Triple threads, one of the greatest products ever made. And... I always wonder, Craig, and you're more of an expert on this than me. Are these game used? I mean, that's is back when it wasn't even really a question. Say. Whether it or not it's it on the back, no. It says on the back the material contained on this card was acquired directly from NBA properties. 
Interesting. Um, I'm not sure because we think of modern day stuff as a lot of it's not game worn and it's all player worn, but rookie stuff from back in the day, even like like the LeBron 0304 exquisite is from his patch. Like I could be I'm pretty sure I'm right here is from like the photo shoot. Right. Not game worn or so. So they still had like non game worn stuff then. As yeah. far as that, if it's rookie year, like it could be from like a rookie photo shoot event. I don't know. I don't know if it doesn't yeah. say like the ambigu- ambiguity there. Yeah, from, it's uh, like it wasn't from, even that yeah. big of a deal back then because people are more collecting than yeah. flipping. It kind of gets back to the nostalgia of that time in 06, 07. And at the time, he was the all-time three-point field goal king in Division One NCAA. So it was awesome to watch him and Adam Morrison go back and forth in that 05, 06 year. Who's going to be the top scorer in college? And uh, so that was really cool. It says it's a relic card. So really, who knows on that one? The second one that I picked up for the, the brand new JJ Reddick PC to feel even more comfortable with my collecting is this NT on-card auto from his time with the Pelicans. And it's a PSA 8 numbered to 25, game used, Nice letter patch. And both of these, Craig, were just like 90 and 100 bucks to pick up a cool card of somebody who I've really liked and started a PC with. I should have gotten you that X Factor that I saw at the show. But those are sweet. Big, chunky patches. I'm assuming it was at uh, National Treasures, Maculate? Yeah, National Treasures, yep. So game worn, I assume, on card auto? Yep. Only the best for you. So I've just seen like on eBay which I usually don't pick up too many cards on eBay because then you set the next comp and it's hard to resell if I was ever to go resell it. But for those, I don't really care. That's my PC, my side PC now that I've started with JJ Reddick. So I'm pretty excited to pick those up. And um, if I see some other cool JJ Reddick cards, I'll keep swooping them up and then eventually get you to tell that great story about uh, how you ran into JJ. But but getting to the theme, so you, you're not distracted by, I don't know, picking up new prospects or buying the new products. For you right now, you're enjoying getting these JJ Reddit cards. You know, I went, I went to the Tarrytown show and I saw a lot of cool stuff. I saw a lot of cool. I remember this one that stood out to me was a Kevin Garnett, Tracy McGrady, and I forgot the other player, Triple Patch from like an early 2000s product. So I saw a lot of cool stuff. I saw a lot of higher end maybe like basketball cards that just don't really interest me and maybe are out of my price range, but it was fun to look and I was okay leaving the show with just one card. I've spoken to people who leave a show with no cards as long as, you know, I think it's important to not get distracted and overwhelmed by all these other lanes there are and figure out what you like, stick to that. And like you said, it's okay to be selective and picky because when you are, you know what you're, you're picking up and you're picking up stuff that you enjoy. You know, not not cars that are just hype. So this Erling Holland black refractor that I picked up, I think it looks amazing. I just think of the Wiz Khalifa song black and yellow when I see it. Nice. And, <laughs> and it's a pop too. Love Erling Holland. I think the card looks great. And as I said, I'm I'm slowly becoming a PSA 10 snob. So for me, this was the only card that checked the boxes for me at the show, and that's okay. That's okay. That is all I picked up because you know, nothing else really was it for me. Yeah, that's great. And Wiz Khalifa is still one of my favorite all-time artists, especially in high school. I feel like those, everyone, you know, oh, came... everyone in high school. Oh, yeah. So going back to, like you mentioned, the theme being comfortable with your collecting. 
what would be some things if somebody's like, let's say they're underwater on some of their cards, they have some cards and they lost a lot of value recently and they were more buying them for a business move to maybe flip them and keep making some money. What would you tell somebody in that case, Craig, to try and help them be more comfortable with their collecting? Well, everybody collects their own way. I'm, I'm not one who's in it for a quick flip. A lot of the stuff I buy, I buy with the intention of either holding or maybe trading into something bigger, not necessarily to sell, but it's almost like with certain cards, you got to, you got to take a long look in the mirror and say, okay, like I've had, I've been trying to move this card for months and it hasn't moved. Like there's probably a reason why it's either the price or the card. So like, just give it up already, I guess. Um, Figure out what you like, you know, do your own Mount Rushmore. I, I wasn't even thinking about the, when we made our Mount Rushmore of things we look for in a card, I wasn't even thinking about that when I picked this up. But after the fact, when I was on my, uh, my Uber train and or subway ride home from the show, I'm like, oh, this card really checks all those boxes. So it was, it was nice to talk at what we look for, because then you know the lane that you're looking in and what kind of cards you're looking to pick up. Yeah. So you can always come back to those foundational yeah. pillars yep. where, you know, like, it's almost like when NBA analysts like JJ Reddick, our friend, mm-hmm. friend of the podcast, my friend. Your, your friend, I'm sorry. I'm trying to make friends with him by just collecting his cards. Now, let me ask you this. What do you think is somebody's reaction when they're like, I collect your cards? Do you think that's a little weird if somebody like meets you like that? Or do you think they're honored combination? I mean, I'm curious to know how many people out there have said to professional athletes, I collect your cards. So if you're one of the 17 listeners of this pod and you've ever told a professional athlete you collect their cards, hit us up. Let us know what their reaction was. Yeah, that would be great. And we're up to 35 subscribers. Don't cut us oh, short. Right. Well, your San Francisco card show blog, blog crushed it. What did you, by the way, what did you think of that video? Because it's about to be our most watched video on YouTube. So mm-hmm. thanks for everybody tuning into that. And if you haven't, try to check it out on our Crosstown Cardboard YouTube. It was basically my recap of the San Francisco card show and a negotiation with a couple 10-year-old kids wearing Trey Young jerseys and my deal for the Kevin Durant flawless. What what was your take on that video and just like the atmosphere there? That it looks like when people come to your table, you're very warm and welcoming. And even if people don't buy something, they leave your setup um, having had a good experience. And as far as the video quality, it was perfectly fine. Yeah, I don't have much more to comment on it. Like it looks like you uh, you made it clear. The dialogue was clear. You made some good deals on the video that I was able to see. So you keep up the great work. Thanks, bro. Thanks, bro. And how about those kids? Yeah. They gave me a little bit of a hard time. They wanted cash. They were not joking around. It was it was fun seeing the kids at the show this weekend doing trades and stuff and laying the cards out on the table. And um, our good friend Rob, the sports card therapist, in his most recent episode, shout out Rob. We love you, Rob. Um, yeah, we. This is, about- this is the first time we've mentioned Rob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He referenced how his activity has slowed down quite a bit as far as the number of transactions. Because when I'm, I remember maybe a year ago, Rob and I was like every, every week, every day, like, what are we buying? What are we trading? You know, flipping, leveling up, this and that. And like, we slowed down a lot. And I'm the same way. Like, hence me going to a card show and getting one single card. But it was yeah. nice to see the kids at the show who are in that mode because they're, they're working their way up, building a collection and, 
the activity is good. That's how you learn the transactions, the trades, the negotiating. So like seeing the people skills in life and I'm talking like 12, 13, 14 year old kids, like that part of this is very alive and well, you know, even yeah. if it's like lower end stuff, it's, it, it's very impressive. And it's cool that the younger kids couldn't, could learn a lot of skills this way. Yeah. And it was interesting to see that at the San Francisco card show too, exactly what you're talking about. When I asked those kids, like, what do you look for in a player who you're trying to buy? And they said, like, exciting, pretty young, somewhat proven, but still with potential. And I was like, okay, so like Trey Young. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's perfect because they're wearing the Trey Young jerseys and that's who they're looking for. And they know who they're looking for. And they were being very picky. I mean, if you watch the video, they, they were not taking – my offers, you know, very lightly, they were, they were deciphering what they wanted, which was good. So how do you, I'm interested, how do you show that restraint, Craig, when you're looking for trying to get cards that make you feel more comfortable in your collecting? How do you show restraint when you mentioned a few other cool cards that you were looking at, at the Terrytown show that you ended up not buying? I, I don't think it's, it's a pretty simple answer. I've just become pretty disciplined. I mean, when you do anything for over 20 years, you're, you're comfortable in what you're doing. So, you know, this is all the theme of this is being comfortable in how you collect. I certainly hope after two decades of collecting sports cards, I am old enough and have enough experience to know how to navigate and to be disciplined and to be patient. So it just comes with experience. So if, if you're a new collector, you're one of these new kids, if you continue to enjoy collecting year after year, you learn a little bit. It's like, Every, every coach says you get 1% better each day. And then over time, you learn a little more and a little more and a little more. Um, with that comes discipline, patience, and maybe a little more calculated in all your moves. I think that answers the question, but it feels like I went off on a tangent. No, you definitely answered the question. You definitely answered the question. And I feel like I've been looking more for reasons to not buy a card than to buy a card recently which might sound like a little bit negative, but I feel like it's more just realistic. Whereas like, like you mentioned that Erling Holland checked all the boxes for you on our previous Mount Rushmore episode. To me, if something doesn't check like almost all my boxes, I have to move on. I'm like, that's a cool card, but it's not a great card for me. So like with these pickups with the Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, that's perfect because yeah, I love flawless. I love game used. I love dual stuff. I love low numbered, chunky patch, like you said. And then, you know, with the with the first year kabooms, that's one of my favorite things is the kabooms. So I knew that those were easy pickups. And then the Porzingis is a Knicks thing to just throw in. So, but I feel like I've found myself, like, for example, in broadcasting, there are news directors who are watching a demo tape that you put out and they just look at, you know, basically a minute 30 montage of some of your live shots of you reporting and then two fully formed packages or pieces that you put together. And they're just looking for reasons to toss you out and move on to the next person. Similar to my process with feeling comfortable with my collection and picking up cards that I really feel secure that I really like. And so they're just looking for any little reason to toss you out because if there's 75 applicants, they got to move on. So 
that's kind of like how I'm viewing being comfortable because I'm being selective with what I'm getting and comfortable if I'm going to hold it or if I get a good offer and move on from it. Yeah, that's really well said. And someone I want to shout out someone in the hobby who I think of as being really comfortable and like knows what they like to collect is John, a.k.a. Pack Nicholson. Oh, I've heard of him. His memes are incredible. John's a, a New York guy. I see him at Bleecker often, so he's a homie. But I remember he was on the chase for a, a LeBron 2003 Bowman Chrome rookie year refractor out of 300. I remember talking to him about it. He knew exactly that's the card he wanted, so he moved some things around, and he was able to get it. It's a big-time LeBron card. Um, 2003, the r- rookie year Bowman Chrome refractor. It's got a great shine to it. He knew he wanted that, and that was a big-time card to chase. And now if you look at a lot of his pickups, it's a lot of like Bears, gold, like Jay Cutler, Bears, gold refractors, or Rex Grossman, Bears, gold uh, gold refractors, because that's what he enjoys, right? It's not super, super expensive. Um, It's what he likes. And, you know, for me, I've I've found this lane of stuff that that I like, and these two check the boxes for me. You know, the Tim Way of printing plate being a U.S. guy, being limited, and he scored the first goal in this World Cup for us. And that will always be a significant moment. Like I'll remember where I was in my classroom when Tim Weah scored that goal against Wales. That's great. That's great. That's awesome. And the one of one. And I feel like, you know, also referencing the stacking slabs podcast and Brett over there, he does a great job of this too with Pat Nicholson, uh, who's been a guest on that show as well. And I feel like maybe a way to feel comfortable with your collecting is to get back to collecting Mm. simply enough. I mean, not like looking for more of the flip and more of the money moves and more of the investment, or if that makes you feel comfortable and you think that, you know, making an investment makes you feel good about it, then that's your own vibe. And that's what you want to go with. That's great too. So like, or if branching out could make you feel more comfortable with your collecting, with your style, that's awesome too. Like I've never been into, um, you know, different refractors and colored stuff, but I recently got a couple of Dr. J gold prisms, uh, Gilbert arenas gold. And that made me feel a little more diversified in my collection and branching out into something new. So I don't think, I think you just need to know what you want similar to what you said and follow that and see where it takes you. Very well said. You're, you're a philosopher. Like you said, it all ties together, Craig. I mean, you have taught me a lot. You've taught your classroom. Yeah. And then look at behind you. I mean, you're staying true to yourself and look at how it's paying off. Now you get to enjoy this World Cup rise with Polisic and your Polisic background even more. Yeah. And I've Polisic for me is one of the guys that I collect along with Erling Holland, where it's kind of a perfect storm of, yeah, I love the players themselves, but I also believe in their potential, which if you believe in something's potential, you're investing no so i happen to like my favorite players and i see it as an investment i i see politics stock rising does that mean i'm looking to sell right away no but you don't know what's going to happen in life you don't know what kind of opportunity you might get where maybe you do need to sell so to fund something else so i I believe in this stuff you know that's why why Giannis mbappe who by the way is tearing up the world cup big you might be surprised by this but messi mbappe and Pulisic and ronaldo are making waves at the World Cup. Shocker, I know. Shocker. The big names, the, the, the big names are coming alive. Look out for Cody uh, Gapko, though. 
from the Netherlands. That's not what we want to hear as U.S. soccer fans, Craig, playing the Netherlands on Saturday. Yeah, it's um, watch out for that game Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern, USA, Netherlands, knockout round. It's the Sweet 16, to put it in layman's terms. So uh, let's ride. Go, go, what are USA. Your thoughts? What are your thoughts about our chances real quick, Craig, to, to advance to the round of eight? Because remember last World Cup, I remember very distinctly 2014 and the U.S. got knocked out two to one by Belgium and Fellani with his Afro, which I despised ever since they knocked out the U.S. So what about our chances to advance to the Elite Eight? I mean, any I was going to say any elite European teams uh, scary, but look what we did against England. I, I, I think at this point we've proven we could hang with anyone. We've let up one goal in the run of play in three matches. The only goal and we that let was up a pen- was, penalty kick. Also, I'm saying sorry. One one goal from a penalty kick. No goals in the run of play. Right. When when we're on, we can hang with anyone. We just can't score. I think we could squeak out a one nothing win against Netherlands. Uh, we got to shut down their midfields. Um, Cody Gapko, who I said, Frankie De Jong, and they got Virgil Van Dyke in the back, but. Listen, it's a tournament. It's in Qatar. It's a wacky World Cup. We're playing well. The momentum's there. I, I think we could squeeze out a win and, and move on to the next round. That's great. And I remember Netherlands running the last World Cup or the last World Cup the U.S. was in with Arjen Robin, uh, Robin Van Persie, and Snyder. I'm a soccer guy, Craig. I'm with you, man. And I want to make um, one uh, another shout-out. We're, we're a podcast of shout-outs here. Uh, Mez Cards. He's a fellow teacher. He is from Philly. He's a college teacher. And he actually teaches a Mamba Mentality college class. Mez, okay. Mez Cards on Instagram. And he was talking to me recently because he taught Paxton Aronson, uh, the Aronson brothers who play for our national team. Well, Brendan's on the national league, plays for Leeds. And he taught Paxton Aronson and knows the Aronson family. Who and Brendan Aronson played in the second half of the World Cup for us today. He plays for Leeds United. So again, a connection through these players that I collect and through the hobby, Crosstown. Boom! I think we should end it right there, partner. What do you think? Uh, yeah, this was uh, this was a good one. Thank God they won today because the energy is good right now. The heart was pounding, and I was right there with you. And I was thinking also, real quick before we finish. What type of waves this would make if the U.S. I mean, they've already probably inspired so many kids and you know this much better than me to continue to play soccer, try soccer. But man, if they can advance a few more rounds, that will make an unbelievable difference in the popularity of soccer. At least I think like at the youth level, I don't know about soccer cards, but more importantly, like kids becoming involved in sports, you know, parents putting their kids in these programs to play soccer. I was just thinking last night, I'm like, man, that would be so incredible to increase the popularity if these guys can win, maybe pull off a couple more upsets. It would change the way the general public views soccer in America, no doubt. It feels like we're playing with house money, but another winner or two, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, could really yeah, catapult things. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Saturday versus the Netherlands. we got to make sure everyone's healthy. Go, go, USA. I will keep collecting Pulisic. I will keep collecting McKinney and all of our guys. I can't wait. Carmine, you do great work for the hobby. 
All right, bro. Same to you. And we'll try to continue that work, hopefully after a U.S. win on Episode 9 next week. Peace.